it was fucking nice to see Dickie this weekend. I know. I was talking to him on the Xbox last night. Yeah, we just fucking... I was like... There was a little bit of me that was like, the Marines might change Dickie. And then I saw him, and I was like, nope, hasn't no. changed one single bit. <laughs> he's better at Call of Duty. I was playing with him last night, and he's fucking wrecking, because he's like, he goes, yeah, when you're basically, your job is just killing people. Like, it <laughs> makes video games and Call of Duty really easy. And I was just like, <laughs> Dude, I've been, like, on a Call of Duty tear. Like, I had a nine-kill game in doubles last week, where I was just, it was, Dylan was running behind me, and I was just taking down teams. Nice. And he was like, thanks for the kills, dude. And I was like, I'm, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I uh, I downloaded Overwatch on my uh, Switch. And okay. it is not good. Yep, that was, that's about what I would have expected. Because it's basically like playing Overwatch, which is a very like coordinated, like you need to like be focused and on your shit. Um, and I'm playing it on a Game Boy. Yeah, I'm playing it legitimately on on an N64. Um, Not good. And then um, BNC and Salt got me back into playing Apex. So, oh fuck! But I like I don't like Apex. I know I'm playing Call of Duty. I prefer playing Call of Duty. When I hop on Xbox for the few times that I do now, I play Warzone. Um, I've been watching Warzone tip videos and taking notes. That's where I'm at. Just watch like someone's like stream. Just watch like Doctor Disrespect. No, I've been like because I've been really into like how people, how like professionals and how people who stream set up their classes. So that's like what I've been doing, and then also like just like tactical tips, tactical. stuff like that. <clears throat> yeah. So no scopes. I'm a no scope guy now. Iron sights uh-huh. all the way. Yeah, it's a game changer. Who's who's told told you that on YouTube? It wasn't anyone in particular, but it's it's more just like because of the way the attachments are set up. If you can put all your attachments so that you have like you're focusing on aim down sight speed and accuracy and you don't have a scope uh, when you're in the short range and you can like just fucking pick people, it's a game changer. Wow. You so you have the thing. <clears throat> yeah. I yeah, called I, your bluff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you called my bluff. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. So um that's yeah. That's what I've been up to. Uh, we went to the fucking Dirty Mel's last night, which is the billiards parlor underneath us. The, yesterday there was their first day open. Oh. Went down there and fucking I shot some darts and you know dicked around. Nice. I uh, so it's a Wednesday when we're recording. I just had played golf with my brother. Um, second day in a row I played golf. I didn't really. I got burps. I didn't really keep track of. Uh, the score today because we went to um, Far Corners. Yeah. Big group in front of us and they're being really slow. So I, me and Ditz played the first two on Fox and moved to Hawk. And so we basically played like 11 holes. Yeah. And, I was, and in the middle, I was just like, I'm not keeping score. Like, I'm, I just don't feel like it yeah. anymore. I, I've been using 18 birdies since the season started. Yeah. Uh, and then it all messed up because it's like, it's, I'm now playing two different front nines basically yeah. so just didn't calibrate right the right way um yesterday bnc shano and turbs and myself played new meadows shot a 46 two birdies hell yeah brother and like two pars and then the rest were like bogeys which i was like fucking fine um i've been shooting 
under 50 all season and I've shot under 45 twice. Hell yeah. And I'm like really like driving <clears throat> straight. Like when you come, if, if we go to Maine um, yeah. for uh, Augie's whatever summer place and there's a golf I already, course. Oh, I already booked my tickets. Word. I'm back. To yeah, you already know. I already know. But if there is a golf course around, um, I definitely want to like get some guys to like go. And I'm play golf. absolutely down. My main issue is that I can't bring my clubs back yeah. without spending an exorbitant amount of money. So I might just like rent clubs or something, but I'm down to play. Yeah. Um, but it's great because that gives me a built in. If Turbs wants to like legitimately play, I'll just be like, these aren't my clubs. Like this doesn't count. Yeah. He was like, uh, he, him and BNC are definitely like the best golfers out of our friend group. And well, we were playing quota points Mm -hmm. yesterday at far corners. We tied. Yeah. Shano and Turbs and Mm -hmm. myself and Nick. And I was picking up points. Like, I got like like I said, I got like two birdies and two pars yesterday, and I was like pulling my weight. Me and what? BNC literally, whenever I got a bogey, BNC got a birdie. So yeah. I was like, oh. Um, are quota points what we played in high school? I thought we were just playing stroke games in high school. No, we would do like uh, one point for a double, two points for a bogey. I played four in, for a par. I played the eight spot, so I never got any. I got never got any. You just handed in your scorecard. <laughs> yeah, I was just I was out there for fun. <laughs> I mean, we all pretty much were. I was like, I remember me and like Rosie. What that? Remember that time we played? Uh, we had to play Rally for some reason. Yeah. And it was like I think I don't know if you were with us, but it was like we drove together as a foursome, and it was like me, Rosie, Duke, and someone else, and we just got yeah. really fucking high. <laughs> it was me, you, Rosie, and Duke. Yeah, yeah. that was the foursome all the time. Yeah, because uh, like <clears throat> Rosie's really good. Like Rosie can like Rosie's got his game down. Um, from what I, I remember, really remember, Rosie was better than me. I don't remember Rosie playing golf. I feel like the one spot was Kevin, and then Nick, Nick was the two spot, or yeah. like me, and then it probably interchanged. Like Bobby Long was really good. Yep, and then I would say the five, six, seven, eight. It was like you, Rosie. Me, Duke. Yeah. There's someone else we're forgetting. Was Smell on fucking golf team? Smell was. was. But, I, but I don't think he was. I think he interchanged with like the eight spot. Yeah. I think he. Yeah. Um, I, I know that I never. Like I always. Like all the rounds we played. I was always in the starting spot. Except for one time when I was like I don't want it. And that guy. My coach. <laughs> that guy. Was just like, yeah, okay, fine. Okay, fine. He was like, you don't want to today, and I'm like, nope. And he's like, all right. I was like, I had a sunburn, and I didn't really feel like going. And he was like, fine. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you were really a game changer, but <laughs> we'll pull you out of the lineup. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm like so like now that I can, I'm hitting my drive straight, and like so great, dude. Everything is just so much more fun. I mm-hmm. I haven't gotten frustrated. Yeah. Big time yet. Yeah. I haven't had a full round where I'm like, I fucking hate my life. You're just was, like a meltdown. Yeah. That's where the Jackson yeah, classic. Hole. It's just yeah. like the fifth hole. He's I, I fucking hate this game. Yeah. I stopped keeping track around the fifth, fifth hole last summer. But now I'm like, hey, under 50 every time. I love it. It's yeah. Um, once we figure out the drive a little bit, it's like, it's, it's a good. I haven't golfed honestly in a while. Really? I've just been like sort of doing other shit. I'm, trying to do two times a week just to keep 
up like yeah and if i can't i'll it's usually i can do it once and i will like go to the driving range yeah. if i know like my week is like not ready for golf um but definitely when you come back like let's play because i yeah, really wanna, i want to play with you i want to play with dickie i want to play i almost played with dickie but we just didn't fucking have enough time yeah. I was like, I posed it as one of the things we could do, and it was just like, do we really want to drag Emma out there for like three hours while we fucking do it? Like, eh. Emma could go get shit faced at the clubhouse. <laughs> do you know that Emma's like technically allergic to alcohol? Did not know that. Yeah, so she like has like a couple drinks and is like good to go. Yeah, nice. All right, well, we got a whole big rundown of shit we can talk about. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> How about we start with, will you... Sexual predators. <clears throat> Picture this, I'm a bag of dicks, put me to your lips, I am sick, I will punch a baby bear. Okay, do you want to go that route? <laughs> what were you going to say? I was going to say music news. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, music news? Is there a ton of music news? The only music news I have is what you sent me in the airing of grievances. Um, the new single, like a, a single or an album or whatever that's going to drop from uh, from Jack Harlow with uh, him, him, Jack Harlow, Tory Lanez, The Baby, and Lil Wayne. And that's supposed to be dropping tomorrow, Thursday. Yeah. Let's see. Let's so see. I'm like excited for that. Like Tory Lanez and Lil Wayne I'm like I'm in and the baby has been like I had mentioned last episode or a couple episodes ago the baby's been growing on me like I'm like bumping the baby now yeah I went through a big the baby phase I, I'm kind of not on the other side of it but it just doesn't have the same pull for me at the moment yeah I would so <clears throat> he is very much trap he's very much like in the same vein as SoundCloud rappers but like I'm starting to see where things are falling in terms of like categories and genres. The baby is like what I want to call for maybe the first time ever said trademark this uh, TikTok trap. Okay. Okay. Baby is featured in a lot of TikToks. Okay. Same with six nine. I pull. Yeah, and so so. Unfortunately, the baby right now isn't in great company, but it's like the baby, uh, Machine Gun Kelly, and Six Nine are like always. Hello, <laughs> Rosie baby. Um, it always. It seems like, yeah, it seems like these those people are making songs and that like. They're not meant for TikTok, but they're finding their way to TikTok and they're becoming like trending audios and like sounds. So like I think the baby's like the number one like most used audio over like all of his little sound bites on TikTok. Yeah, I mean like I I would argue that that has more to do with like the generation and how yeah. like social media has been changing than like necessarily him being like a TikTok you know, artist, but he's, it's, he's it's like not the next. It's like the next generation of like SoundCloud rappers. Yeah, he. I would, like I would famous say, on Twitter or something. Exactly. I wouldn't say that he's making songs for TikTok. It just so happens he's almost being forced into this yeah. new genre I've made of TikTok rap. 
But have you noticed that, like, have you sort of seen that he has, like, very much his own style versus, like, yeah. his flow, I think, is very different than, like, pretty much anything else we're getting right now. Yeah, I would say he's, like, I can easily, just by listening to one of his songs, I can be like, that's a the baby song. Yeah. And it's very unique. I mean, as unique as Trap can get, but it, it's his voice, it's his flow, his cadence, how even like the type of beats he's making yeah. isn't what we've come to know trap as with the futures and Migos um, the thug, thuggers and everything. Like he's, I wouldn't say he's breaking a mold because he, I, I mean the way rap is right now, you can easily fall back into his next album could be sound exactly what future has been making for the past couple of years. It's like, so it's like he's not breaking the mold, he's, but he's doing his thing. He's like the season four update of trap music. Yeah. Yeah. Where he brings in Captain Price and, <laughs> and then the map changes like a little bit. Yeah. Um, You're really obsessed with Warzone. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, Post Malone shaved his head. Saw that. And got a new tattoo, I think, on his head. Is what it looked like. It looked oh like yeah, it was like it was like on yeah. the, like the side, right? He's kind of he almost reminds me of Action Bronson a little bit. I didn't even realize it, but like as far as like tattoos and like hair and stuff, very similar. Yeah, I mean his beard isn't as good as Bronson's. Oh no, I don't think anybody's beard is as good as Bronson. Um, does Bronson have? Well, Bronson has a tattoo on the back of his head. Yeah, I think he has a couple on his sides too. Does he have? He doesn't have any on his face. No. I would like him to continue to have the baby face. Yeah. For like and with no tattoos. I would love him to just continue to rock with like the palest toddler face around. Bam bam baklava, sell tan out the minivan like a soccer mom. Um Yeah, I don't think he has that many tattoos on his head. I think he just has the back of the head. The one. back. What is he it again? Like, it's like, like a devil? It's like no, it's like a, a Russian castle, I think. Oh, that's right, it's a castle. Yeah. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, nope, can't find it. Uh, any other music news? I don't know. There hasn't um, been much, I feel like. There, I've been on Twitter a lot, but... Yeah, there, I mean, there hasn't been that much news uh, coming, like, for this Friday. Like, I haven't heard anyone... Rihanna was trending on Twitter. Maybe she's yeah. dropping her album. Nope. No, she's not. I am actually just came across an article that... Uh, Whatever song she had has had a 224 week chart run. 220. What song is that? Work? Anti? My dog's, my dog's freaking out. No. I don't know. My dog was freaking out. Um, but uh, no, I heard somewhere that Rihanna's dropping like an album soon. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it's this Friday. I mean, I'll listen to it. But yeah, I'm not like the biggest fan of Rihanna's music. I'm not dying for it. I am fully in love with Rihanna as a person, but um, I don't know. I have a couple of Rihanna songs in like my playlist, but like I Desperado. Got, I got four or five seconds. That's yeah. only because Kanye and Paul McCartney are in it. <laughs> Um, so I guess we can move on from movie new, uh, music news because there's not much going on. Um, 
But actually, to branch off that a little bit, speaking of Rihanna and the circles she runs with, um, on Twitter, uh, I had sent it to you. It was just a nice little funny tweet. During uh, this past Sunday was Father's Day. During Father's Day, it was a video of Drake and his baby mama's son. Yep. Um, I don't know if... what is. is Are they like married? Adonis? Yeah. Adonis? Um, oh, Adonis. Like Adonis. Just like gift opening and someone retweet commented it and saying Pusha T brought this family together. <laughs> and it's just like almost like I don't think it was reigniting any sort of uh, beef that is happening between them, but it's just like, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, I love Twitter because it can bring us back to like a year and a half ago. Yeah. Just in just an like instant. That. Bang. Just uh, like that. Bring us back to, oh yeah, that's right. Pusha T uh, ousted Drake for, you know, om- almost abandoning a child. Yeah. Like just the concept of having like being the reason a human exists like the whole sex thing putting your penis in a woman and then making another human and then just being like no that doesn't exist just pretending it didn't happen it's a wild concept to me oh well welcome to uh duncan explains the miracle of life in sex by telling us that a penis goes in a vagina (laughs) (laughs) trolling stone does the birds and the bees exactly and then and as Every act of sex happens. Drake has a kid. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No matter who does it, Drake has a kid. Yes, correct. Um, but yeah, uh, I wonder if I wonder if they got married. Did we ever hear anything about no, that? No, we would have heard about that shit. That would have TMZ or the the universe of Twitter would have oh would have said something. Um, yeah, like that would have come out. So I'm assuming that is. Now I'm trying to think about the the like the situation. Was the mom, like, or the baby mama, taking the video of Drake and the kid? Are the are Drake and the baby mama like actually together? Like, is that like they're spending like Father's Day morning together, or was it like one of Drake's like 700 bodyguards that was like a a, a, a child visitation hour on Father's Day, or was it Pusha T? Yeah, or was Push? <laughs> is Pusha T the kid? <laughs> wow, bro, my brain is broken. Uh, um, anyways, yeah. Well, fun. just also like imagine being his baby mama, and like if they're like legit together, and she just gets to fucking live in that mansion. Okay, I'll be Drake's baby. Deal. If I get yeah, to dude, Drake can fuck me all day long if I can live in that mansion. Yeah, and if I just get to like run around with one of his debit cards, <laughs> any one. one of them, any one, one of them, don't care, just one. Doesn't does it'll give me the plastic one. I know yeah. he's probably got the metal ones. Just give me the plastic yeah. one. It can be, it can be like, uh, it can get declined some places. That's yeah. fine with me. But as long as it works like seventy five percent of the time, I'm good. <laughs> um, another quick thing we can touch on. You wanted to, you were talking about movies that you've seen. Yeah, movies I've seen. So I watched King of Staten Island. Um, it was enjoyable. It was very good, I thought. I'm um, planning on watching it. It's like a nice little like rom-com kind of deal. Huh. But then it's like Pete Davidson's in it, Bill Burr's in it, uh, Machine Gun Kelly's in it randomly. 
um there's just like a lot of random and then like also he's just got fire shirts like left and right like he's wearing like a wu-tang shirt in one of them he's wearing like a ghost face shirt in one of them nice he's just got great shirts yeah. Island, you know the judd apatow movie and like i usually really like the judd apatow movies he does have some like steps back with like train wreck with the one with yeah. Schumer and everything yeah. but then like think about it, he did 40 year old virgin yeah he was writing anchorman yep he uh, was, yeah that's one of the things I noticed is, like, the biggest difference between movies like that and, like, Judd Apatow movies and, like, your classic rom-coms is that with a rom-com, I think that, like, structurally it's very difficult to write a rom-com because you have to have so much setup in order to explain why this is happening. Yeah. And so I think where Judd Apatow excels is he makes that setup like equally as riveting as the rest of the movie. So like the actual drama, the romantic drama of like yeah. the second half of the movie is just as riveting as the first half, but in a different way. Like yeah, he makes the first saying. half and all the setup like very funny and entertaining and stuff. And then the second half is just the actual drama part. Yeah. No, I totally agree. There's like it I'm trying to think. I think he's also super versatile because he can have a he's he's just he's great at comedy and there's so many different like levels and subcategories within a comedic movie like he has his rom-coms where you're right where he has he's great at making the setup and then having the drama side in this kind of like very like gushy um romantic scenes and story i think he's also really good at um the very like just weird mundane out of left field type of comedy movie, like 40 year old virgin where if you think about it, the only driving force behind that movie is trying to get Steve Carell laid, but that's about it. And he can have all, he basically came up with ideas of like, what would a 40 year old virgin, what predicament would he find himself in? And yeah. it just, it rolls into that. Where it's yeah. just, oh, I'm going to have this scene here, this scene here, this scene here. And it's just like funny bits all over it. Yeah. I don't know if you know, but you know, he also wrote and did a lot of producing on uh, Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. Really? That is literally sometimes, like, he, this is why he's so versatile. That is like the lowest level of like dumb humor. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's scenes in there where it's like, he just plays catch with all like 72 of his kids. And he's just like, Ooh, he's just like a goofball. And there's like a running joke. Whenever he gets mad, he runs into the bathroom and rips the sink off the wall and smashes <laughs> it on the ground. It's like he can, Judd Apatel is so funny. And that like that stupid humor is funny. And no matter who you are, like Dewey Cox, like singing a song about you go walk hard and like towing the line of like sex songs and everything. It's stupid, but it's really funny, and that's how good and versatile Jed Apatow is because he can have Dewey Cox, but then he can also have like like King of Staten Island, which is like a nice rom com that is more complex than your typical. Um, I'm trying to think, like Fever Pitch. You remember yeah. Fever Pitch with, yeah. Jim, uh, yeah. with uh, Jimmy Fallon? Like that is what I think is the quintessential rom com. It's just like ah, like yeah, um, but he do it. Apatow does it a little bit better. I think he's gotten better as he's gotten older at, like, he has this, like, 
knack for making absurd, like combining absurd and realistic things and just perfectly walking the line between them. And I think yeah. he's gotten better at making it more subtle. So like yeah. in the King of Staten Island, Pete Davidson is like an aspiring tattoo artist. And his, his like big dream is he wants to open a tattoo restaurant where people can get food while watching people get tattooed. <laughs> Okay. And everyone is like, dude, that's a terrible fucking idea. Yeah. But he, like, sticks with it the whole movie. Yeah. I do think his characters, too, are, like, super, like, relatable and down-to-earth. Yep. But then he also has those wild characters. Like, I'm thinking, excuse me, I'm thinking about, like, the Dewey Cox is an entirely wild character, but everyone else around Dewey Cox is very grounded. 40-Year-Old Virgin, that is, like, it's an absurd concept to think that, like, here's this 40-year-old man. That is just trying to get laid, but he's so relatable, and all of his friends are really relatable, even though they're almost caricatures. Having LeBron James in a movie is like an absurd thought, but from what I've seen, LeBron James steals the show of that trainer. Yeah, kind of everyone else can suck it, but yeah. LeBron James does very well. Yeah, it's very um, hard for me to com- uh, compliment LeBron James. Which I, like that kinda... I heard a little like bit of choking. If you need to go throw up, I'll just carry the show for a minute. I so. But I also watched The Hunt. Tell. Terrible. The Hunt. Okay. What it was it on? Uh, it was on Amazon Prime. Um, it was the one that got like delayed because just a movie about hunting people. It's like a bunch uh, of yeah, really, yeah, yeah. really wealthy and like powerful liberals bring yeah. like a bunch of people that they deem as like shitty people it's out like the, to the it's middle like the of book. the woods it's like the book the world's most dangerous game where like the yeah, yeah. the wealthy guy like kidnaps <clears throat> just another man and hunts him for sport yeah and it has two big names it has ike Barinholtz and it has um i can never think of his name but the guy that plays dennis reynolds oh um glenn Howardin. yes correct you um, see that wow yes they're both in it and um the movie ends, and you're just like, why did I watch that? Yeah. Why did I spend $6 to watch that? It was that bad. Nice. Uh, but I also watched uh, Knives Out. I also watched... Knives uh, Out. Knives Out's fucking good. I watched The Gentleman. Okay, that's Matthew McConaughey. Yep, produced by Guy Ritchie, who did the Sherlock Holmes movies. And I know you love those. Very fucking good. Um, and then I also watched No Country for Old Men. You've never seen that before? I had never seen it, no. That's like a, that's a Dickie classic. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a good one. Um, I don't really think I watched a whole bunch of other movies, though. That's about my thing. Um, um, I, what did I watch? Me and my girlfriend watched The Help. It's a very nice, sad movie about um, <laughs> early 60s um, African-American women working as maids in the deep south. Yep. And like, a white journalist who grew up with a black maid kind of comes in and says, I want to tell the story of like, like all the shit you went through. And it was really, it was, there was a lot of, there's some really like heartfelt parts. It's very much a drama, yeah. but it was really, really good. I enjoyed it. Um, And what else? Yeah. I just, I haven't been watching much other movies, but I'm gonna watch King of Staten Island. We can maybe like review and talk about that soon. Yeah, it's not like a yeah, it's a good movie, solid movie. Yeah. Um, 
I just, like, I go on, I almost get, like, jaded because I'll watch, like, three movies, like, Knives Out, The Gentleman, and No Country for Old Men, and then I'm like, well, whatever other movies I'm going to watch aren't going to be as good as that, so, like, why bother? Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to go play Warzone instead. What is, what is, uh, Benicio, or not Benicio, but Toro, that, the, the, uh, Javier Bardem. Javier Bardem, what is he, how much have you ever lost on a gambling bet? <laughs> he shoots up the brain. Yeah. Um, um, so, um, your choice, Dunk. Do we want to talk about pedophilia or do we want to b- debate music? Let's uh, just get the pedophilia out of the way. All right. Um, so, it's been in the news and trending on Twitter for over a week. Um, but a comedian we've talked about on this show and a someone that I liked, past tense, um, for now past tense, um, has come out just exposed on Twitter um, that Chris D'Elia has, like, I wouldn't say trafficking is not the, even the closest no. word, but I would, I would say, like, gr- attempting to groom underage girls through um, emailing them, private messaging, um, and has been exposed messages have been shown of him contacting underage girls. Um, I think as young as 16 and just kind of overall being like very, I think the phrase I would say is, I would say he he was a little too forward with these messages, but yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Predatory behavior is the term I would use. Yeah. And with that, I mean, it's in the, the world we're in now where it's, it's, both PC and liberal and um, the Me Too movement is still a very strong thing. Um, a lot of people, and I would consider it that if there is an older male who is messaging and kind of trying to set up interactions with underage girls, it would be considered grooming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I definitely think that what he, his intentions of even though this was, I think, so, like, some of the messages went as early as, like, 2010, 2012. It was a um, while ago. Yeah. Um, still, he's 30 messaging uh, 7- and 16-year-olds. Yeah. So yeah. that would be considered grooming. And it's just, yeah, just kind of oddly forward. And, yeah, what like you said, predatory. Like, he, and a lot of those... He's the one messaging them. There He's are initiating some. There contact. are exactly. There are some I'm not initiating contact because, like, I think it was a lot of times people would tweet at him and be like, "Hey, I'm going to your show. Like, I'm so excited, blah blah." Or like, I loved it, and then exactly. he would like slide in their DM. To yes. So that's what I was about. That was about to say. Like that. I would say it's a bold line. Christina knows how Twitter works, and definitely knew how Twitter worked ten years ago. Where there's a difference between. Uh, like talking to someone publicly on Twitter and then like private messaging them and that, the and that sticky slippery slope of as soon as you know like I could do it right now where I just at someone and they could slide into my DMs not gonna happen but he could have easily like I don't know gotten the satisfaction of talking with that publicly he could yeah. have done that. He could have done that, like at just like a reply under, but he went right to the DMs. Yeah, 
which is like strange in Twitter. And also, like you know what you're doing. It, exactly, he does. He didn't know what he was doing. Um, some of them, like people, I saw some, some, some people like frat boys, like um, trying to defend him, being like, "Well, they messaged him first. and I'm like, "But it's still like or emailed him, like they got a hold of his email and like or his public one, and was just like, "Oh, well, they emailed him first." It was like, "Well, fucking." It would like, be. It doesn't matter. I think it would be one thing if these seemed to be, like, he was actually like I'm trying to phrase this in a way that like makes sense. But um, like, if he, if there was clearly some sort of relationship between the two people, and if he was approaching it just as like, oh, I'm so happy you're a fan, and then it sort of became something else in like a slower manner. But it, it was yeah. like. He was just sliding in and immediately being like, let's meet up. And it's yeah. like, ah, a lot of, that. a lot of what I saw, it was, there was, there needed to be like a little bit of more context filled in with some of the things I saw on Twitter, but some of the context that needed to be filled in was pretty apparent um, where it was like, oh, someone would, yeah, tweet him and be like, oh, like, uh, just saw you in Colorado, like, can't. Like, uh, you were really funny. Thanks for, for coming. Like, it was great to see you. You're my favorite comedian. Love you. Twitter. Public. Um, but then his Instagram or his DMs on Twitter would be like, oh, you're in Colorado. Where are you? Yeah. And like, do you want to like meet that. up? Like, like that is like in today's world, that is like so forward. To yeah. Just go from public to then the, within a first message. Thank you. Where are you? Yeah. Like, that's uh, something like that's something like your mom texts you like <laughs> where are you like vital information like where are you yeah which was just creepy. parents parents are allowed to cut straight to the point that's, exactly they've, they've earned that right yeah <laughs> um but <clears throat> since it's been a, a little bit more than a week uh, a lot of chris's friends because he is surrounded by like a posse of yeah. comedians that are like very that successful old- and there's a, there's a very clear, like, it's, like, Rogan and then, like, the gang. Exactly, yeah. And, and Dalia falls underneath that with people like Brendan Schaub and, and Brian Callen, Bobby Lee and uh, Santino. Uh, like, Bert and Tom. Bert and Tom, Theo Vaughn. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen uh, a couple things come out of that camp. Yeah, I, can't, I don't believe I've ever heard anything from Tom or Bert or Rogan. They said they're going to, they, Tom and Bert said they were going to address it next episode of Two Bears, One Cave. Um, because right. I think they double recorded last week, so they didn't have it. Um, I don't think Rogan said anything about it. Yeah. But, but Rogan's I, almost Rogan's like. Rogan's so weird that it's almost like Rogan might not even know. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Rogan was just like at his compound fucking like hunting. And was like, yeah. oh, yep, missed that. That's on me. Yeah, missed that and everything. Yeah. So um, we can quickly like go to, or I don't know how much you've seen, but um, seen a decent amount. Fighter and the Kid, Brendan and Brian. Um, I listened to that whole podcast. They only talked about it for like about five minutes. I think it was I what was, I said. It was even less. I yeah. think. Um, it was the beginning of their podcast. Brian like takes off his sunglasses because he had like eye surgery, like lid surgery yeah. or something. He looked disgusting, but. Um, <laughs> Brian was pretty strong, even though he's been with Chris, I would say the longest, like they did 10 minute podcasts together, like a while ago, like they've been friends for a while. They live near each other. He was kind of just spelling out like, first off, he wasn't aware that this stuff was happening and that he was disheartened 
and he just doesn't know how to feel. He's just like, I don't know. He's like, I'm disgusted. Brendan was the one that like actually like started like breaking down and crying and verbalized like, I'm, I'm, he's like, I'm fucking pissed at him. Yeah. Like, mad, not mad at the situation, not mad at what, and, like mad at Crystal like, Yeah. Pissed off. And which is like, it, obviously a lot of people are and to have a friend like that say like no i'm fucking mad at him like yeah it's it says it's pretty strong like yeah the leah burned bridges with his best friend like there are some celebrities like shit like not exactly this stuff would come out and there would be some actors sticking by some actors yeah. but like to have something like this come out and to have like some of his best friends where like they're just like uh, like he definitely brendan won't talk with chris Mm -hmm. life probably yeah um and it's also i think a little bit more complex for those guys because just being associated with like exactly that then immediately everyone's like oh they had to know blah 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 so then it's just like it's this whole fucking deal it's not just delia that's involved in this exactly It's it's that whole crew is now like getting like at least getting questioned about yeah. like whether or not they knew whether they've been doing similar things xyz great segue into basically the other two podcasts that talk about it um i think it's i want to start listening to it now that the lee is gone i'm not listening to gonna be to listen to his podcast yeah. anytime soon but um two like best friends or something it's bobby lee and chris santino um both were like andrew santino and, andrew santino the redheaded yeah yeah i thought his name's chris um, I just know him as Santino. Um, both, like, right away were like, we had got in front of it. We have no idea this was happening. Yeah. Like, like, we had known Chris for 20 years, and this was completely, like, wasn't even apparent to us. We did not see it coming. We, they kept saying, like, we learned it when all of you learned it. I want to believe all that 100%, but there were some other podcasts coming out. Theo Vaughn specifically, like a while back, yep. it, it, were, it was Santino and Vaughn were both kind of like making jokes that yep. like Dalia would do that or it not. Was like, it, I believe the exact, the, the, the exact um, thing was Theo said that if I wanted to rob Chris Dalia, I'd dress up like a 17 year old girl. Yes. Was yeah. approximately word for word what he said. <laughs> yeah. So I think not, a bit, not that any of this is funny, but that's funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, get, they, I think they definitely want to get in front of it. They want to like clear their own names from like you know ad- adjacent to yeah. like the the the, the issue. Um, but yeah, to say like oh we had no idea. I'm like you were you go on the road with this guy. Yeah. This Cadelia and and Santino and Vaughn and Brian Callen have expressed that they go on a tour bus sometimes. Yeah, like, that's hard to get away from something like that. Like yeah. you, like Dalia may be pretty secretive with his phone, but at some point over six months of touring, you got to be like, dude, like who are you texting? So it's kind of like, and I think it was, I think it was Brian Callen that said that he had only toured with them like very, very early on, and it was yeah. only for a short period of time. And he was like, honestly, like I have no clue. Like I didn't know shit about that. And but for the people that were like actually touring with Dalia and were like like opening and like you were saying like if he was like inviting people up to his room that's not necessarily shit you miss if you're like hey you want to go get a drink at the bar and billy is like oh i'm meeting someone 
you're gonna eventually ask questions. Yeah, like, and 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 yeah, want to see like <laughs> that's just like being friends. Like you yeah. know, one of our friends is like, oh, I got this girl, and then you or I'm I'm not going to the bar. Like that situation would be like, well, let's fucking like get drunk and then like shit on his that guy's parade and like yeah. ruin his date or whatever. Um, Theo Vaughn did the very similar thing. Was just kind of like. I've known Chris for a long time and I did not see this coming. Like I didn't know, but then um, that one was the one where I'm like, dude, you made that joke before. And you were both like hint, you and Santina were like, like chumming it up, like a laughing, like it was an inside joke on that podcast. And he, he commented, Oh, there's a, there's a clip going around. Um, that like, I, I knew about this and made a joke about it. That's not true. And I'm like, it's pretty hard. Like video doesn't lie. Like, we saw you kind of, like, nudge, nudge Santino about making a joke about Dalia and everything. Yeah, we're both distracted because Dickie just texted us. Yeah, um, that he wants to play Warzone. I'm going to dinner soon, so. I'll, I'll be on later for you guys, but. Uh, yeah, I have uh, zero plans today. For Today's the first off day in a while where I've just been like, all right, wake up late, do fucking nothing. Word. Um. But yeah, I mean, we can uh, get into like our last two bits. Yeah, uh, I mean, but yeah, it's, it's just it's just a t- it's a really tough situation, and I think it's also a I think there's a gray area in which people there's like a situation in which you could have known that he sort of has like a proclivity for younger girls, mm-hmm. and like the other thing is like. Technically, I don't think he did anything illegal. Yeah, it's just he's a However, creep. it's just like, nah, you got to know better than that, bud. Yeah, you, oh, yeah, yeah. You're a public and, figure and, like, it, it, imagine, like, this would be total, like, if this were 2010 and he were, like, doing this shit and someone exposed him on Twitter the moment it happened, it would be a total, like, palm the forehead like crystalia what the fuck are you doing now that it's coming out retroactively 10 years later eight years later it's a little bit more serious i think because it's almost it 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 implies that these women these underage girls that he was messaging were afraid to expose him which makes it all that much worse if it was like like i said if i mean it's weird to say but if that 17 year old girl that he was messaging at the time came out at like when it was happening i think it would be less serious but he would have i don't think crystal if it happened in 2010 i don't think we crystal would be that big of a name today no, not at all but it wouldn't be like this big big thing like yeah. crystalia would probably still have a career i would say yeah. in 2020 right now crystalia's career is over yeah. for the mo- for for a while like yeah he's not gonna he's not gonna put out a podcast within the next i would say a year and a half two years he's definitely not touring like it's he louis ck'd himself exactly yeah um but the other thing is that i guess what my the point i was gonna make is that and you made me think of another point but there's a gray area in which people could have known that he had like a proclivity for younger women but not known exactly how that was like, go- like what was going on in his life. Cause like you said, like, it's not like you're just showing your phone to people. Yeah. And so like, there are 
absolutely there have to be people who knew like a little bit of it, but not enough to be like, hey, dude, stop doing that. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And then also and like the it's a bit of it's a bit of that peer pressure too. Like you, I mean, it, it turns out to be like middle school boys, like your friend's doing something bad and you don't want to be the one to tell on him. Like yeah. that's, that stuff still applies. I mean, and now we can retroactively, if Bobby Lee comes out, be like, Oh, I knew about it, but I didn't want to lose a friend like Chris. It's like, well, now Bobby Lee's thrown under the bus, but yeah. that's why I don't think any of them are, all of them are going to deny, deny, deny if yeah. they do know anything. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> But also the fact that it happened so long ago sort of uh, raises questions as to how long this has been yeah. happening and, like, whether or not it's still happening. And then also, it's fucking wild that, like, those girls are 27 now. I know. She, there, there was that – the first one who came out was, like, Simone or yeah. something like that. She was like, I'm 27. I was getting messages when I was 17 years old from yeah. Leah. Yeah. It's fucking, fucking weird. But – um. Yeah, we can move on and do what else are we doing? Uh, um, videos. You need oh, videos oh, or debate? debate. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. You ready for this? Um, what are what is your opening argument for? Uh, to be honest, I haven't thought of one yet. Oh, but good. Um, <clears throat> I saw this on uh, for listeners. I saw this on Twitter um, yesterday. Sent it Duncan's way, and it was all right. It was basically like Twitter. Let's debate. Um, Tribe versus Outcast. Um, and I kind of want to roll a little bit of like hip hop evolution um, viewing into it and everything. But Was Tribe um, really featured all that heavily in, in that. They I were. Like they were mentioned, but they weren't. It wasn't they like were, they were a feature. They were, though. I think okay. you missed that up. You didn't okay. hit that episode. It was like season it, two. I know that I checked out a little bit on the New York episode. Yeah, because I was just like, I fucking already know this. They, and they kept going back to New York, but Tribe was <laughs> with uh, like um, uh, Native Tongues, like that big group where it was like Queen Latifah and yeah. uh, Tribe and De La Soul. Um, so uh, how we can set up this debate, me and Duncan are both on naturally on either side of, of the debate. Um, and we kind of pre-recording came up with why don't we just talk about in general like who is the better hip-hop group um in terms of influence songs legacy um and just general like impact i would say yeah. on on hip-hop um i'm on the tribe side something's on outcast side yeah um, buddy. so personally i i listen to tribe just a lot more than outcast because I think tribes, all of tribes' greatness is condensed into their very few albums mm. and outcasts. <clears throat> I have to go like searching like deep down the rabbit hole into like their first few albums and then all the way back out to like get like their good good. While tribe is like their good good is on like their three first albums. Yeah. I think my argument lies a lot in the sort of um, the fact that Outkast was a powerhouse yeah. in the South. I think that our sense of that is clouded a little bit by where we grew up and the timing of it. And I think we've discussed that. But it was something that Hip Hop Evolution really sort of like put a, mic a microscope on. 
Um, and then I think once they separated off into individual and solo acts, I think they got, I don't think they lost anything really. Like yeah. Andre 3000, if you get a verse from Andre 3000 still, that's like one of the most coveted verses in the entire rap world. And it has been for like a couple years now. Save on, save on legacy for, for a little bit. Okay. Okay. But um, I, I totally get you saying, I, I, Outcast has a better legacy than Tribe does. I, I will, before we get into all that, I yeah. will say that that. Um, but but like, I think to your point about like having to dig deep, I think to me that's sort of the attraction of um, Outcast and both their solo careers is that you sort of have to sift through a lot of stuff to get to their gems. But in the process of sifting, you're still listening to good fucking music and like stuff that you don't really hear anywhere else. I feel like with Tribe, there's a little bit of like, it's that New York style that sort of had, they perfected it, but mm-hmm. there is that elsewhere. And I don't know that you can say the same about Outcast. Yeah, I mean, um, <clears throat> I do hear, hear you saying because like, yeah, I do love going deep into it. And I've done that with with Outcast. I've been like, you know what? Like I'm listening to Outcast and Outcast only today. Let's dive real deep. Let's go down to like the nitty gritty. Let's go back to like 90, like fucking like 95 to or 94 to find whatever they were do, like their first few shit. Um, like I said, with, with tribe, like I just feel like being able to just get into like I, I, I think that like there's off of um, my brain's all over the place because I got so many like points I want to discuss. But ba- um, off um, people's instinctive travels in the past of like their first album in 1990, like there isn't a song I skip off that because there's there is like so much variety and you also have so many. I, I also think the good thing about Tribe is that you have so many people coming in to the circle off those early albums that say, like, I am a part of Tribe Called Quest. And it is, again, with those native tongues groups and everything. So you have, like, De La Soul coming in sometimes. But um, being able to, like, have all those different people, because I think at the beginning of Outcast, besides, like, their DJs and their, like, few like features it was kind of just big boy and and andre just kind of like doing their own thing where you would yes they are like awesome and prolific hip-hop artists but like i could see i found myself a little bit getting stale on those first albums where it's just like the same two voices just that's all it was just over and over again i feel like tribe off the first those first three albums there was like just so much variety that was found in it. Yes, some of it was very gimmicky, and like you would be like, "Well, that's more like, like I think about like I left my wallet in El Segundo off of Tribe's first album, one of my favorite songs that they've done, but it's like a gimmicky like Western hip hop song, and mm-hmm. I could see like <laughs> old heads of hip hop being like, "Well, Outkast never went gimmicky, like yeah, they were either hip hop or they were at mo at like most like R and B and soul, and that's it." Like they're like the purity while tribe was like, we're going to like have these Afro beats and like, we're going to, you know, have a little bit of like, you know, jokey type of songs. Like I think of left my wallet and El Segundo as like a comedic song. Yeah. I think 
So Jesus Christ. Um, <clears throat> I also think that my uh, a big part of my argument as far as I think this all leads back to legacy, but um, I'm going to try to not make it about legacy is that I think that because they did their first, I just looked through like their first four albums and the first two, there are no features on. Mm -hmm. And then the second two, there's like a handful of features. Most of them notable killer Mike shows up all over it, which is another big thing that I'm like, so here's, so you want to say, Hey, Oh, outcast was gave, way to killer mike tribe gave way to busta yes but i also think that um the way southern music came up and it was very much like it wasn't as much of like a like a cutthroat kind of like battle where mm -hmm. like new york was very much based out of like a lot of it was based on like battle rapping diss tracks like we saw that with 50 we saw that even in the early 90s where yeah. like if you were two sort of like opposite groups in New York, you did not make music together. Yeah. But I think that outcast position in the South, A, opened them up to having features from other big names in the South and also opened them up to being able to collab with anyone from that New York scene that they wanted to. So like later on, like, Big Boy has, like, collabs with, like, Raekwon and stuff. Like, there's a yeah. song with, like, Raekwon and Andre 3000. And you're not yeah. going to get that out of a tribe. Yeah. I do think it's, like, like how Hip Hop Evolution kind of spelled it out. You're right that New York had created this whole ethos of hip hop. And it basically was big enough, vast enough, and had progressed enough where there was... Um, disparity within the boroughs. It, it was it. like it was like the Catholic Church. There was yeah. a great schism. Yeah, and you and yeah, people didn't want to be on a, tr a tribe album or even before that, they didn't want to be on um, fucking like a DMC album because it was beef or something, whatever it yeah. was. Um, and uh, Outcast didn't have that look because like they were kind of just starting up when New York was already at its peak and like it's they had like a smaller community so it was like we all need to stick together um so i will say that like tribe had to find their own niche within a much vaster ocean of hip-hop in new york mm -hmm. while whoever well, outcast was kind of like that leading figure in in atlanta and the other people that were trying to make it into the hip-hop game in atlanta was just like well outcast is uh, let me let me go come along to the journey with with outcast there were people in new york that were like get, almost like ghetto rap and then tribe called quest is kind of this like very black empowerment afro afro rap like it's just there were like subgenres in new york and <clears throat> at that time when outcast was coming out it was just like well this is just atlanta rap there's no yeah. sub so there's no subcategory it's just atlanta rap i think there was definitely a difference between like uh the documentary kind of touches on the difference between like Outcast and Goody Mob, but mm -hmm. you, I mean, on you see CeeLo Green on Outcast albums, yeah. And, like, it wasn't like as much of like a divide. It was like they understood that there are these. They each had their own sort of lane. Yeah, and it was like working together. They weren't like bat. They weren't battling. They exactly. were still like we're just here to lift each other up. It, it it's like. It's yeah, it's like 
while New York is fighting New York and L.A. is fighting L.A. and then the two of them are fighting each other, it was kind of like Atlanta. It's just like these two people are like, we're not going to, um, you know, make, make a name for ourselves if we're fighting in Atlanta. Let's, yeah. let's yeah. stick together. Let's be peaceful so that we can bring our music to those people that are fighting in those cities and everything. Yeah. Um, if, let's, let's get into legacy. I also would like to say Tribe, Jay Dilla was working with Tribe. Fair point. Big point. Big, Big point. fair point. Um, <laughs> I will give you that Outcast's legacy is a lot better than Tribe's because Tribe, Tribe ended uh, in 80, uh, 98 and yeah. a lot the love movement in 98 and Beats and Rhymes and Life in 96. Beats, and rhy- beats Rhymes and Life are, is, is all right, but the love movement isn't anything amazing yeah uh most of tribe's best comes from 90 to 93 with um uh, people's instinctive travels the low end theory and midnight marauders also midnight marauders i just got on vinyl and i fucking love it um and so it's kind of like and you know fife fife dies and uh isn't like in tip is just trying his best and it basically like Andre and Big Boy were able to branch off and do their own thing. Yep. And be huge. Like, we're still hearing Big Boy, like, music all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. And Hugh basically fell to just being, like, in features. Yeah. There was, there was some time where, like, <clears throat> I know Fife and Hugh were put out their own albums and everything and mixtapes. But it wasn't anything, cl- like, they never rose above Tribe Called Quest. Yeah, um, I think that was. I think you can make an argument that that was a little bit due to, like, personal choice. Exactly. I think they were. You know, like after... I think they were just sort of like, okay, like we we ran our course. It's time for us to. Exactly. The, the train has has gotten to the station. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like, you can see, I was going back through Big Boy's solo albums and like. He's got some fucking heaters, dude. And he's got some features on some of his shit that you're like, Jesus, goddamn Christ. And he's like, that's what I'm saying. Like, Wild Tribe, like, let's throw it back to like our, I think our first episode of Trolling Stones where we reviewed um, Tribe's last album that came out in 2016. But like, Big Boy just stayed. Yeah. Still here. Like, he's still on features. He's still putting out albums. Like, it's just, yeah. And same with um, Andre to a lesser degree, but I mean, like he had features on Beyonce, John Legend, Frank Ocean. He had a feature on Take Care by Drake. He had a feature on Jeezy shit in 2011. Anderson Pack, Chris Brown, Rick Ross. Like, yeah. he's got some future. I mean, like, he was like an elite fucking feature at yeah. that time and even more so now i don't know if i could even when was his last feature it had to have been that last n-e-r-d album yeah um but it's like you you got to think about like he big boy has made it to the echelon of like wayne and gucci and um like like those two are probably the best examples of like they're still around 
they're not a novelty when you have them on a feature and they kill it. Yeah. It's not like the novelty of like, oh, I got fucking Dre on this yeah. 2020 and, he, and he's featured in it where that's like a legend. And it's just like, he's almost like coming in. Like big boy is still irrelevant and he's not a novelty as a feature. He's just like, he ha- holds his fucking own just because he's still around and still doing his shit. Yeah, I'm trying to find when, um, oh, that, the fucking album, uh, 2017, Boomiverse, the yeah. one with Kill yeah. Jill on it, like, Kill Jill, um, and, uh, it's, dude, he's got features from Snoop Dogg, he's got features from Killer Mike, Currency, Gucci, Adam Levine, yeah, like, All Night is, like, a beautiful, and he's also done, like, experimenting, with sort of like crossing over genres like Big Grams mm-hmm. was a fire album. Yeah. And it had features from like Run the Jewels and Skrillex. Like, what? Why? <laughs> yeah. No, it's just like, I, I do think like Big Boy and Big Boy will continue to put out more music. Good music. While I think Tribe is kind of done. Yeah. I think that's a fair assessment. I but. mean, like I said, like Q, Q, yeah, having Q-Tip on a feature is a novelty. It's like, oh shit, like yeah. Q-Tip's on this one. Like Q-Tip's doing shit with like gorillas, and that's kind of like it's awesome. But like gorillas are only pulling out yeah. either random ass UK Grimes artists, or they're pulling OG old classic hip hop artists like yeah. Beyonce. Yeah. Um, so I think Big Boy, like I said, like what I, I made, like he's not a novelty. When he's on a feature, you're like, yep, like this is going to be some good shit. He's like a Wayne. He's like a Gucci Mane. And then I love that Andre 3000 is just like a recluse now. And it's like every once in a while a story will pop up about Andre 3000. You're just like, what the fuck? A story will pop up about, about Andre from like 1997. Like, and you're like, yep, yeah, like I know. That's of course. And he's also just, he's so fucking weird too. Like his, he has like a... a verse on a future song about like people who value expensive cars and he's like I, i'm just gonna ride my bike instead i ride my bike okay um well um we can end this episode because I'm, I'm like i said i got um a dinner to get to at six o'clock you want to do videos real fast um i'll send it to you rn what one Regist- do i want a registered nurse What did I just watch? <clears throat> All right. So that's what we should name uh, the segment instead of videos. Yeah. It's just what did yeah. I just watch? Yeah. Um, I'll go. I'll go first because mine's quick. Um, this video is called "I Hate When This Happens," and it is a um, quick little gi- uh, gif, if you will, of a man um, uh, going to urinate, and he uh, removes his member from his pants and it just falls off into uh, the toilet. Um, Obviously, it was a fake penis, but um, I laughed the hardest at all of the comments on Reddit 
below the video. <laughs> um, my favorite one is uh, one of my favorite ones. Man, puberty was pretty awkward for me. I remember the first time my dick fell off. I was so embarrassed. I just didn't expect it to fall out of my shorts on the soccer field like that. <laughs> I keep, people being like, mine fell off in a parking lot. Tried to kick it back up and catch it. Instead, it flew across the parking lot and landed in old lady, old lady Swanson's groceries. She served kielbasa at the complex potluck that night. <laughs> um, I went down a deep rabbit hole. I was very high one night, and I just watched all of the not safe for work funny videos. Like when they say not safe for work, it's like always sex related. And that was the only one I, like, truly laughed at. Because I just wasn't expecting it at all. Oh, my God, King. Motherfucking missile. That shit was my jam. Oh, shit. I was going to have to go out and do this shit ton of weed and play at my, NE <laughs> my SNES with that song, Crank to 11. Might even dust off the old blacklight. I don't know what that is. But um, great video. Um, I love um, my penis has yet to fall off. Um, yeah, I'm waiting. I'm counting I will down the days. Um, I'll take a video of it and send it to you so you can put it on the Twitter. Yeah, perfect. For all of our viewers. I watched a video that I believe was just called Lovers. Mm hmm And um, the first, oh, say, 45 seconds of the video is just screaming. <laughs> and for context, it is a gentle, a rather large gentleman with some very distinctive five o'clock shadow and he's reclined in a recliner with like a blanket on him so it almost it, it looks a little bit like he's about to have a child yeah but he's wearing a wig and appears to be pretending to be a woman and then next to him is a couch in which there's a, another what appears to be a man in a wig i would assume sitting there and they are discussing um and then it devolves really quickly into um, he needs to take a bath because his bones hurt. Um, and then, for whatever reason, the one on the couch, we'll call him um, Lady B, um, wants... <laughs> Lady B was my second grade teacher. <laughs> wants Lady A to tell a story. So conveniently, Lady A has on hand a book of all the pigs he's, what was the phrasing? Porked? Plowed. Plowed. All the pigs he's plowed. Yeah. And it is literally titled, The Pigs I Have Plowed. And he opens it up, and it's just page after page of Fat Woman. <laughs> really just like... Like for the for viewers, like I hope you can go find this. It's Lovers by Sad World. It's like photo, like grotesquely photoshopped images of faces. It looks like when in like third grade we had to do a book report, and it was like make a scrapbook about this book that we read. Except he made it about all the fat chicks he banged. Yeah, and like the faces are like you know you you cut out like this eye from this magazine and that nose yeah. from this magazine. Yeah. You all pasted it together. That's what the faces look like. Yeah, or like he went into like one of those like face app kind of deals, and it was like make this person have really really disgusting <laughs> Pete Davidson eyes. Yeah, and um, they all have the most ridiculous names. Yeah, so do you remember some of the names? One of them's on the tip of my tongue. It's the, one that, the first one that starts with a B. 
you remember? So there's there's Bubsy. Bubsy. <laughs> there's Doolin and Shorm. <laughs> Wasn't there one right at the beginning? The, the first one had was named something else. I forget. Um, but yeah, it was just like, so, um, please watch that, put that video on. It's, so it is a, a YouTube channel called Sad World. Um, and Duncan, I'm going to blow your brain. Do you know who that, the guy is? The main no. guy? That's Gibby from iCarly. Yeah, I never watched iCarly. Oh, well, it's Gibby. He's losing all of his hair. That's why he always wears wigs. And he just comes up with this like, absurd bits and everything. Mumbo. Mumbo. Mumbo, baby. I can look in those eyes forever. Sweet baby Mumbo. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, my brain is broken, but not because of that fact, more because of um, that video and marijuana. Love they, to really hear just, they really just give you a, a real hurricane. There's a real thunderstorm happening up, up top right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, hey, cut the podcast short. I got to go. I'm going to go eat and drink and be merry. Um, congrats to my girlfriend. She got promoted at work today. Ooh, hell yeah. What was, yeah. What's her job title? Uh, senior associate. Yeah. She's making Dude, 500, $500 million, baby. <laughs> right to the moon. All right. Um, we'll talk soon about some new music. My dog's crying in the background. Um, Shout out to Rosie a, for actually being a part of this episode today. BA. Um, I'll talk to you later, Dunky, about right. uh, certain Call of Duty related shit. Yep. Um, to the listeners, thanks for listening. Keep it sleazy, and I'm out. Peace out, cool cats and kittens. Only facts, I will suit up. Baby duck if it quacks with a Ruger. Top billing, come cops and billing it. Shots is block shipped out and bought, and y'all feeling it. LP killing it. What more can I say? We top billing it. Valiant without villain it. Viciously found victory. Burnt towns and villages. Burning, looting, and pillaging. Murderers try to hurt us. We curse them and all their children. I just want the bread and bologna bundles to tuck away. I don't work for free. I am barely giving a fuck away. So tell Big and Johnny and Mommy to get the fuck away. Hey, yo, here's a gun, son. Now run. Get it the gut away. Live to shoot another day.